This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today we got a special return guest to the show. His name is Mark Wayne Mullen. So he is running to represent the state of Oklahoma as one of its two United States senators. He defeated his runoff opponent, T.W. Shannon, back in August by about 30 points. He got about 65% of the vote, and we had the opportunity to have both T.W. and Mark Wayne on the show before that runoff to kind of give you guys a sense of what they got, what these guys are like and, and what they're going to be like if they get into the office and those types of things. So if you want to listen to the episode that I did with Mark Wayne, he was on episode 340 of this podcast, so episode 340. He is currently a member of the United States House of Representatives representing Oklahoma's second congressional district, but he's also a businessman. So he doesn't just do the political stuff. He runs a business. He runs Mullen Ranch, which is a working cow-calf operation out in uh, eastern Oklahoma, which probably makes this a really good time. I was doing it. I'll do a little early on this one to remind you guys about who one of our favorite sponsors are. So if you're not getting your cows and calves and you're not getting your beef from Mullen Ranch, you need to get it from KC Cattle Company. So guys, we love this organization. They are a meat delivery subscription service, but the unique thing about them is they're the only one in the United States that is United States military veteran owned. United States military veteran operated and all, and I mean all of their beef, chicken, and pork products are produced here in the United States. That's Casey cattle company guys. They specialize in Wagyu beef. You heard me talk about it on this show before, but it is a special type of beef that they do a different type of breeding process, which leads to a lot more mutations that allow for a whole lot of intramuscular fat. That's the marbling. That's the good stuff that you're going to get from Casey cattle company guys. I, I've made so much of their stuff here recently, but I, I did just do some, some beef steaks. I did some uh, different types of steaks that they sent to me. Oh man, I'm just telling you the, the Wagyu is absolutely ridiculous, but guys, they sell everything. They sell the Wagyu steaks, Wagyu roast, pasture-raised chicken, pasture-raised Berkshire pork, Wagyu bacon cheeseburger bratwurst, and their world-famous gourmet Wagyu hot dogs. Guys, the, these hot dogs don't make sense. They literally taste like steaks. They're called tube steaks for a reason, but guys, you've got to try their products. So go to kccattlecompany.com. That's kccattlecompany.com. Use the promo code Kyle to get 15% off of your order. Again, that promo code is just my first name, Kyle. That's K-Y-L-E for 15% off your order at kccattlecompany.com. All that will be in the show notes. But in terms of this interview that we did today, we talked about a lot of interesting things with Mark Wayne because we're going to have him on this month and we're also going to have him on next month so you can get a sense of what things are going to look like because, dude, in the next two days, things could change much less in the next two, three, four weeks. But we, we talk a little bit about the runoff election, what that was like and how he's able to get that all squared away and how they far exceeded even their best expectations going into that race, again, winning by more than 30 points. But now how the things are going to change with their team because now they're going up against a former Democratic House of Representatives member named Kendra Horn, and they're doing some pretty interesting things is trying to, you know, make this a close race because right now we're seeing polls that are 10 plus points on Mark Wayne's side, but there's, there's some mudslinging going on in this race. So we talk about that in this podcast, but then we look at Biden's speech that he delivered back in Philadelphia of some weeks back where he's talking about these MAGA Republicans and how these are horrible people and they're trying to take over the country and what his view was like of that, because he was serving in the U S house. Whenever he hears the president of the United States, the, you know, the chief executive basically talking about these things. And it was just kind of a weird deal. But then we got into discussing 
Italy's new prime minister, Georgia Maloney, because this gal, most of us didn't even know she existed a week ago. And now she's gone viral. And this is a person that's, you know, all about the family and all about the country and all these different things and how that kind of has some ties to what's happening here in the United States, where we've seen people kind of trending more towards the right. So we break that down. But then at the end of our interview, again, it was just a short one today, but it's very interesting because we got to spend some time talking about the Republicans chances of taking over the House and the Senate. So pretty much it's a foregone conclusion at this point that the GOP is going to take over the House, but the Senate seems like a coin flip or worse at this point. But he gave a really interesting explanation looking at the data of these different races around the country. And he's very confident that the, the House is not only going to go the GOP's way, but also the Senate. And so I'll, I'll leave that explanation for him to break it down, but we're not going to keep him from you any longer. So without further ado, let's get into it. Mark Wayne Mullen, welcome back to Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Sorry about the background. I look like I'm kind of in a prison cell, but I'm really not. <laughs> well, you kind of are in a prison cell. It's called the United States House of Representatives. But you know what? You're trying to go to a, a much better, nicer, and more comfortable prison cell called the U.S. Senate. And so you actually pulled that off because you did win your runoff election. So we had you and your runoff mate, T.W. Shannon, on the show back in August. But you exceeded even the the most uh conservative polling that i saw that was in your direction you got around 65 percent of the vote you right. won by over 30 points it was it was a shellacking any way that you slice it but I, I guess to reacquaint our audience with you and so that we can get into the real stuff tell us about what that process was like you know what was it like on election day whenever everything started rolling in when they called your name whenever you found out that you were going to be the republican nominee here in the general election and then you can give us a little bit of your stump speech and tell us why you're even running for the u.s senate to begin with right well listen the the uh, the the real reason why we won the election is because the wrestling community came out and supported me that's, that's right that's uh you know when you when you go into any match you got to walk out there and believe you're going to win uh, I don't care if you're an unranked uh, 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 wrestler that's stepping on a stepping on the mat with the number one kid in the nation. You got to believe you can win. I mean, as I tell my mm -hmm. kids um, every time that your match isn't the, your opponent, your match is in your heart. It's right, it starts right here. You got to go out there. You got to give your best. And when you walk off that mat, you got to know you gave your best. Um, and and for us, we give our best every day. We get up. We expect to win, and we're going to make sure we do everything to make that happen. Uh, and so we wasn't surprised when we won. We was surprised at the margin, though. Uh, we went into we went into uh, August 28th being very confident on where we were at. We put we assembled a great team, kind of like training camp. And I used to fight professionally. We assigned, mm -hmm. we assembled a great group of of individuals working training camp with us, and uh, and we surround ourselves with people better than us. And and so we had a we had a good team out there working. And we uh, we it, we we, um, we pull it off, and it showed. Uh, for us moving forward, we still feel very confident. Uh, we switched the team up just a small bit because it's a new focus. You got a new opponent, so you got to you got to make adjustments. And uh, and then we're going to go into November 9th, uh, fully expecting a win. Um, of course, I, I don't know what our margins are going to be. We. Um, when I, we know I, I coach kids. I was coaching kids actually this weekend at a, at uh, at Atlanta at the um, Elite Eight duels, and uh, I wasn't able to coach them like I want to because I had their own coaches. But uh, yeah. I I, uh, I was still there and and um, and talking with the kids and encouraging the kids because a lot of them had wrestled for me in the past. And we <clears throat> and what I was you know what, what we went into every every match there we expected to win and and but we still got to change and so it's the same thing here we got to go in 
uh, expecting to win just by not the maybe the same margins, but we, we're always looking to score. We walk to pressure. You don't walk away pressure. You walk towards pressure every single time. And uh, and then if you win by one, that's great. But you're always looking for an opportunity to score to win by three, win by five, or win by ten. But you never let your opponent get back in the match. And that's what we're going to do here. Well, I mean, I think in the last podcast, we mentioned Randy Couture using pressure as a weapon and no media matters. Who's listening to this? Probably. I don't mean an actual physical weapon. I mean, it, you know, just generally, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you're, you do have a different opponent. So you're going up against a former democratic Rep- house of representatives member right. named Kendra Horn. And so right. the, the general elections on November the 8th. So hopefully on November the 9th, you wake up with a victory, but she was right. elected to the house in 2018, but then she immediately lost her next reelection bid in 2020 to Stephanie Bice. Now I'm seeing polls right now in terms of you know the, the matchup between you and her. Everyone I'm seeing is 10 plus uh, up that you are right now. I obviously know you a little bit. And I know a little bit about your approach. So you're not just going to coast. You're not going to no. be like, ah, well, this kid's unranked. You know, you know, treating it like a wrestling thing. You're not just going to go out there and assume the pin's going to come. You're going to go out there and try to dominate and just let the chips fall where they may. But talk to me a little bit about that race because in a lot of ways, a lot of political pundits, myself included, if I could call myself a pundit, you know, it was it's either you or TW. And then whoever wins that is going to have, you know, an easier ride uh, going into November. So how do you feel about it? How did your team feel about it? How are you approaching the general? Well, it, we're, we're approaching like we're behind. I don't I don't ever like to look at the numbers and think we're uh, think we're we're ahead and we start coasting. Uh, so we're, we're approaching the same way. We take her very serious uh, at this level. Just the same thing in any competition at any level of wrestling, when you go out there or you're fighting or you're playing against a professional ball team, it doesn't make any difference what analogy you want to use. You may be the best person walking on that mat, but if you're not focused, the other person is also really good or they wouldn't be there with you and they can capitalize on any mistake you make. Uh, And so that's the way we're approaching this with, uh, uh, with our Democrat opponent. And uh, and we just don't ever want her in it. We don't want her in the fight with us. Uh, Mm -hmm. We want her to know that she's always, that she's, always trying to play catch up and the margin is so far away that she can't and not to use an over analogy here but this is basically the same thing i used to tell people all the time if you let me stay around in the first period and you didn't beat me uh the second period we're going to be the same by the third period i'm going to run you into the ground Hmm. and we're at the end of this race and there's no way i'm letting off here so our approach to this is one stay the course don't get into the fray. She, she's, she's trying to paint us as this extremist, as this individual that is, you know, going to steal the rights and use fear as, as a, as a, as a motivation. Uh, she's trying to, you know, paint us as a person that is uh, almost anti-American, and we just aren't. I'm just not going to go down that. We're going to let our let uh, let people make those decisions themselves. But to try to paint me as an extremist or an anti-American is just absurd. Uh, yeah, I, I'm fighting for American values because I'm a patriot, uh, but th- that sure the heck you can't say anti-American. And we're probably, we're, we're going to also ignore her too, because she wants uh, to create an opportunity for what we would consider um, uh, uh, unearned media. And, and it puts her at the same level as us. So we're just not going to respond to a lot of the stuff she has. We're not going to get into the tit for tat with her. Hmm. There's a clear difference between us and the, and the Republican primary, you know, the Republican primaries, everybody's basically saying the same thing, but you're saying it in a different way. Right. Right. Um, That's not what we're going to do here. There's a clear difference between us. When you start talking about uh, pro-life or pro-choice, when you start talking about energy independence, 
um, or 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 uh, taking us completely away and making us dependent on renewable or uh, renewable energy and 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 on minerals that come from from China. Um, we start talking about a strong economy uh, with uh, with the government willing or pulling back all their their agencies and the regulatory environment that just kills the economy to an overbearing Democrat party. Uh, we start talking about border security. There's a huge difference between us and the border. In the border, when we start talking about border security, I mean border security, not not Kamala Harris who says the border secure, right. but actual border security. Uh, we start talking about drug trafficking. It starts at the border. When you start talking about labor shortages, honestly, it does start at the border because if you can fix the immigration system, we can also help get the individuals that want to come here and work in the United States here legally. And so you can help with the, with the labor shortage. Um, there's a huge difference in the way we approach that stuff. You start talking about a strong national defense. Uh, you do that by not trying to you know, uh, uh, indoctrinate the kids with critical race theory and and how to how to avoid pronouns. You teach them how to be strong soldiers, um, individuals that's going to fight regardless for a man or a woman, because there is a clear difference between the two. Um, you're, you, 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 what is your best ability? How can you best serve this country that you're willing to defend to your death and give you all the tools to succeed or, rather than trying to reeducate you? Uh, that's, that's, there's a huge difference in the way we approach things. That's obvious. So we're going to stay the course on what we believe is right for this country and she can do her thing. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely not a whole lot of crossover between, uh, the left and the right right now and, you know, blue or red and just to kind of maybe put a bow on all the wrestling analogies we're using. So Bo Nickel, the, the great, uh, former Penn state wrestler, uh, multiple time national champion and all that. He just had his second MMA fight on Dana White's contender series, which was his third overall yeah. What's that? He ended his fight in 52 seconds. Come on, right. man. And he did he did that in his last fight on Dana White's Contender <laughs> Series. And I, and I bring him up as an example. This is a guy that is obviously a world-class wrestler, but he basically, the beginning of the end of the fight was an overhand left because the guy was so worried. The guy who was fighting was so worried about that single leg. And he kept fainting, kept fainting, kept fainting. And then it was the overhand left that got him. It kind of reminded me of uh, you know Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor back in the day. Like yeah. that's kind of how that fight went. Conor was so worried about the takedown, the overhand uh the overhand punch came and so it's kind of one of those things as well like you have to be ready for wherever the fight goes and again i'm using that term in in you know as a metaphor everybody relax but it, you know when you're going into a a political fight like what we're going to be seeing between you and kendra horn you have to be ready for whatever's going to come your way but at the end of the day you have to enforce your game plan and so a guy like bo nickel he's going to beat you however he feels he needs to beat you but he's not going to come in just assuming oh i don't need to train for this one this guy's not yeah. at my level he's like no i'm going to double train so that they know for the rest of their life they're nowhere near my level. So there's the wrestling analogy. We can put a bow on that. But I, I want to go back to something that you said, Mark Wayne. You got you got to hold a second because Bo. Okay. I, of course, I, I watch Bo in every one of his national final matches. Right. Uh, and and then he after Penn State, um, unfortunately, I'm Oklahoma State guy. Uh, but after Penn State won the national tournament, we had him up at the White House when uh, when Trump was there. And him and Bo and I were having a long conversation. He was kind of asking me how I got into fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and he says, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to fight. And I said, Bo, can I just give you, and I feel stupid about saying this. I said, can I give you a little bit of advice? I said, get your career started and start training fighting at the same time. So you always have something to fall back onto because mm-hmm. most fighters don't make a lot of money. And, and, and they're very few to succeed. If anybody's going to succeed, you can succeed. But 
get a career moving first before you go right to fighting. He looked at me and he says, I'm fighting. I said, okay, then to make sure you go to a good camp. And now I'm looking and I'm going, yep, he's fighting. <laughs> yeah, he is fighting. And I mean, the, the dude's got s- some some brass rolling around in his underpants because he immediately <laughs> called out Hamzat Chemaev oh. right after he won his fight. And it's like, yeah. nobody wants to fight that guy. Nobody. <laughs> like, yeah. And then that, that's the first guy he's calling out and he says right to the top. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes yeah. with a guy like that. It'll be interesting to see. But, but one thing that you mentioned, Mark Wayne, is you were talking about uh, how uh, Kendra Horn and her team is trying to brand you as these these extremists, right-wing extremists and all that. But all that really goes back to the White House, Joe Biden's White House, technically. And it really goes back to his speech in Philadelphia some weeks right. back where he got up there with his, you know, Marines, you know, silhouettes behind him and the red uh, the red lights on, on the building and all those different things. And then he branded MAGA Republicans. Now, the interesting thing about that is as you go through his speech, and I think I, I pulled out 21 different identifiers that he did in that speech of what a MAGA Republican is. And so you're thinking, you know, people with American flags running into the Capitol trying to, you know, hang Mike Pence and you know, Nancy Pelosi and all those types of things. That's the image they try to give you. But when you look at the speech, it's anyone that doesn't agree with you on immigration policy, anyone that doesn't believe that you right. should be able to slaughter unborn babies in the womb, anyone that doesn't, you know, agree with your tax policy or, or something like that, or doesn't believe in all your green initiatives that they'll do anything. But it really goes back to that. So talk to me a little bit about what your reaction was to that speech, because I was absolutely flabbergasted because I, of course I disagree with the guy, but I never left an Obama speech feeling like he was specifically calling me this horrible, evil, bigoted, you know, demon essentially, but that's exactly how I would feel coming away from a speech like that. So what did it look like from your point of view? I I, I tell you how I felt. I felt like my wife gave me a compliment and then backhanded me. Uh, because at one time he's saying the country needs to be united as a country. We're stronger if we stand together, all this stuff. And then he backhands everybody and says, you're not a patriot. You're not an American. You're the biggest threat to our country because you don't agree with us because you're you're a MAGA Republican. Um, Labeling in that such a fashion, it, it immediately pushed everybody off. And when you see what the Democrats are doing, the Democrats are, are, are using a, a true production company. Now, that's something the White House hasn't ever done. Now, they do set stages, obviously. They got right. what we call a communication team. I have a communication team that sets stages, that set things up, that want things to look as professional as possible. But to go through a whole production where you're putting on a show, where you're doing rehearsals, truly, they did a rehearsal for that. Um, where they're setting the stage and they're setting the mood and they're start talking about the moonlighting and what would look good and then use two Marines as props. Right. And I do mean that. They're using young Marines. They didn't ask to be there. It wasn't volunteered. They were ordered by the commander-in-chief to stand there and be part of a prop. So you use two Marines that are defending our nation that you're using as a messaging piece, and they use a moonlight behind it, and it talks about that everybody that doesn't agree with me is bad, and the last time we saw that, we moved towards a dictator, but yet they're wanting to claim that President Trump was actually the dictator, that President Trump was the threat to the country, and yet you see this being, being uh, um, uh, this speech taking place right after they ordered the raid on, uh, on Mar-a-Lago, and he's trying to calm people's nerves by showing us as a unified fight. Um, he's rolled out the director Ray of the FBI, and then 
and they roll out they roll out Garland trying to say trust us you can trust us you can trust us and then they're doing the January 6th committee and they're have postponing hearings on January 6th because they're wanting to push it as close as they can possibly to the election right all about a show for them and not about the country I can okay I can be okay with you disagreeing with me I have zero issue with that but disagree with me because you believe it in your heart and you're willing to die on that stake for it but don't do it because it's all about a show and it's a game for you because you're wanting to stay in power don't do it because it's a political motivation for you do it because it's what's best for this country it's what's best for that flag that's over my shoulder here it's because you believe in this country and the future that it holds and we can disagree on that if your heart's in the right spot and this administration their heart isn't in the right spot, and it showed by his absolute miscalculation and missing the mark on this uh, when he addressed the nation. So I would tend to agree with you that it was a miscalculation or missing the mark, but maybe the more pessimistic side of me, Mark Wayne, is I feel like they did that on purpose. The red, the Marines, the the banging on the podium – I feel like all of that was on purpose because they need Joe oh, Biden to seem like he's alive. And it's just like, you know, normally, like just recently I saw he was speaking somewhere where he was looking around like, where is this person? It was someone in Congress that died a month ago. And he's looking around the room asking where this person is. It's like, he's clearly not with us. Right. But whenever you can kind of put him out as this kind of dark star Lord or something like that, it gives people confidence that at least he's, he might be a little bit evil, but at least he's alive. Like that's what it, what it kind of feels like. No, they were trying to force him to be passion. You can't force somebody to be somebody they're not. And it comes across disingenuine. Be who you are. It's like I, I tell people all the time when they come to visit my district, um, <clears throat> don't buy a pair of boots for the first time you come out here. You know, if, if, if who you are is skinny jeans and loafers with no socks, I can respect that more than I can ex respect you trying to relate with me. You know, too yeah. many times politicians try to relate. Just be who you are, own it, and let's move forward. And they're trying to make him into this person. Why are they trying to make him into this person? Because they know what Donald Trump did resonated with the people. But Donald Trump, it wasn't a show. It was for real. It's who he is. If you meet with him in person, he, you're going to see the same thing. Now, you'll see a softer side of him, the side that, of the individual that really cares. But you're going to still see the passion and the love for this country. And when you've been in politics for 42 years and that's all you've ever done, all you're doing is going through the checking the boxes. You don't really right. even know who you are. I had a I had a politician and I don't mean this. I mean, I'm in office, too. So I take that title for me, too. But when I say a politician, I'm going to say someone that's all they've ever done is work for a government. All they've ever done is seek an office. I had a politician tell me just recently they said, you know, Mark, Wayne, one of the most and I'm not bragging about myself, so don't think any of that. I'm just telling you what the conversation was to show you how people get out of touch like the president. And Mark, one of the most impressive things about you is that you know who you are. And I looked at him and this guy has been in office longer than me. And I looked at him and I was like, what? He says, you know who you are. You, 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 when you speak, you speak with passion. When you show up, you just own who you are. And I have a problem with that. I, 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 I can honestly tell you, I don't know who I am. And this is a guy that I looked up to. Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness. But that's what happens because this, where I'm at in D.C., this isn't reality. This is what they call the bubble for a reason. <laughs> you get caught up in this bubble and you start thinking this is what life is really is. But life is when you get back home. Life is that. That's life. And they have why they it was done on purpose 
it wasn't done on purpose to resonate with someone. It was done on purpose to speak to people because they thought that's what the American people wanted. What they want is someone to just be genuine. Just right. be who you are. Full stop. Well, and the problem is, is when you've worked for in, in government for 40 plus years or something like that, it's so clear that Joe Biden is the thermometer of the Democratic Party and not the thermostat. Like he's not setting the temperature. He's looking he's looking around for what the temperature is and then he's just yeah. going to react that way. And when you have that confidence in yourself like that, that that makes that makes a big deal. That that leads to something else I wanted to talk to you about, because this gal, to be honest, was not on my radar even 72 hours ago. But it's Italy's new prime minister, Georgia Maloney. Right. Uh, she kind of went viral over the weekend because and not viral because she's the first prime minister minister in the history of that country that Italy hasn't been around as a country as long as we, we think it is, but it's still been around for a while. And you right. would think that would be the narrative, Mark Wayne, that, oh right. my gosh, look how this is such a progressive move. This is such a big deal, you know, shattering the glass ceiling, all those things. You didn't hear any of that because the first like 10 things that I saw about Georgia Maloney, her name was right next to Mussolini's name. And they were branding her as the farthest right leader in Italian history since Mussolini. Obviously, like if they had done that with Angela Merkel and saying like, oh, she's the most conservative person since Hitler. Obviously, people are going to start like paying attention and being like, what in the world is going on? But this is a woman who is big on family is big on not murdering the unborn, is big on the nation of Italy and protecting the borders of Italy. And so a lot of people are like, oh, she's she's basically an Italian Donald Trump. And they don't mean that as a compliment. But Italians mean that as a tremendous compliment because I think the last election, Mark Wayne, her party got like 4% of the vote. Right. And they, they, they did like tenfold better than that, even more than that this time around. It seems like a lot of things are shifting and changing and not just in America. But when you're seeing a right wing movement and not an extreme racist right wing movement, but just a right wing populist movement, even in Europe, it seems like the tides are shifting. Like, well, what's your read of it? Well, what, Kyle, when you see this, you see that people are waking up. You know, the Internet uh, and social media platforms uh, when they first came on, people really didn't know how to handle it. They took the information as information. Uh, they took it as real. But you're starting to see people that, that, that now they're done with the fake. They're, they're done with, the, with the, the, the photoshopped images. They're done with the filters. They just want someone to be real because we think this, when we stare at it, becomes reality. And you're seeing this shift in the American people that people just want you to, as I said, just be who you are, own it. She is for financial responsibility. She's for faith and she's for family and she's for freedom. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what she stands for. I mean, border security is freedom. You know, financially being, being sound, that's also freedom. Being for family and faith, by the way, also brings freedom. Because it, 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 there's no bondage there that's holding you back. You're able to be who you are. And guess what? You can live a happy and productive life when you have those things in order. And, and, and they're branding her because they can't believe that the, that, the, that, the, that the people of Italy would elect somebody like this. And by the way, they, they call her the far right. Right. And, and who, who they're branding her with, keep in mind, they did compare Trump to Hitler. Sure. And so that he's the biggest threat to the American people. But he never stood on a platform that looked very similar to when Hitler had the books burning down in front of him and the flags behind him. And he was giving his raging speech and he was banging on the podium. I don't remember ever seeing Trump 
thing on a podium. Do you? I don't, no. I don't, I don't remember seeing that. And, but yet, but this is what the media, this is what the left wants you to believe because they're going to try to make those comparison. Uh, but just because they're not you, they're not going to, to conform to what you think is right. They're not going to conform to what they are trying to draw a draw that our society is to. People want somebody legit. They want somebody that cares, that they know that cares, that can relate with them without trying to relate with them because they've been through those same struggles. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with loving people. There's nothing wrong with loving your family. There's nothing wrong with loving the Lord. Uh, that, that, that sometimes when the world is in such turmoil, people want something consistent. And those things that she believe in and that I would believe that the MAGA Republicans for the most part believe in is, is just that. There's some type of stability and just being consistent. And it's, again, this is a sovereign nation. I think it's hilarious how people on the left in America are going apoplectic about what people in a different country. Oh, yeah, like, Can you spell that? If you're going to, if you're going to use it, you got to spell it, man. Apoplectic word of the day, guys, get a word of the day calendar. You'll sound really <laughs> smart in front of your friends, but they're, they're losing their minds about the outcome of an election in Italy. It's like, do you have nothing to do with your time? Don't you have people here in America that depend on you? Do you have family? Do you have a church home? Do you have any of these things, yeah. any of these boxes that you can check it? Cause there's a community that could, that could need people like you to be focused on that community. Here you are freaking out about what's going on in Italy and you know what might happen in Europe in countries that you can't even vote in. But we'll make this last question of the day because I know well, you got to go. And, uh, yeah, I do, go but keep in mind it, it, the scriptures, the Lord said, don't worry about the splinter in your eye when you have a, or a splinter in your neighbor's eye when you have a plank out of yours. Uh, and, and a lot of times we want to distract ourselves by that. Uh, you know, you don't have to, it's really hard to criticize someone else when your backyard is kind of a mess. Don't tell your neighbor to mow your yard unless you weed it yours. Right. I mean, and uh, that even goes back to Jordan Peterson to where it's just like, you know, uh, don't compare yourself to who someone else is today. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Like that's, that's kind of the whole idea. And a lot of people really should spend a whole lot more time focusing on that as opposed to looking around. But to wrap up for today, let's talk about the the overall chances the Republicans have of taking over Congress, taking over the House and the Senate. It's seemingly, we've seen the last few weeks, oh, it's tightening. A lot of these House races are tightening. We're not sure if the House is going to go red essentially all of the, you know, toss up elections would have to go to the democratic side. And I mean, all of them for them to keep a hold of the United States house. So I think that's a foregone conclusion. It's the Senate. That's a lot, uh, a lot, you know, tighter and a lot weirder. Uh, I think your race, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about that already, but as we talked about the last time you were on the show, what's going on right now in Pennsylvania, I have no idea what, what Mehmet Oz is doing. Like he, like he's going up against a guy that can barely talk. I have no idea what Herschel Walker's doing down there in Georgia. I'm, I'm very concerned about some of these tight races just not going the GOP's way, which would lead to the Senate staying in the hands and the court systems and all those things and all those things that the Senate can do that is much more unique than the United States House. I don't see a lot of those things going that way. Again, I'm more pessimistic, but what is your read of the chances the GOP has of taking not just the House, but also the Senate? So uh, let, let me break all that down for you. Um, first of all, keep in mind what the Democrat Party was saying about uh, the Republican Party. And I mean the Democrat Party, so I'm putting the media in that Democrat Party platform. Yeah, you're um, saying the same thing. 
Yeah, they're they're saying in two thousand and two thousand ten that the end of the Republican Party is near. The end of the Republican Party has been chastised. They the American people they don't relate with American people anymore. And we picked up the House uh, by a margin that hadn't been seen before by by forty two seats. We won literally forty two seats, largest margin and the most house and most seats picked up by any party in any midterm election. Uh, then you fast forward to twenty fourteen. Uh, when you was having a little bit of issue with the uh, with what I would say the Tea Party um, and and the, the the bickering going on with the uh, with the Republican Party and the media was all saying the same thing that there's a foregone conclusion that we're going to put um, Hillary Clinton into office. Uh, fast forward to 2016, President Trump gets elected and they just lose their loving mind. And, uh, and, and so what I mean by this is when we ran up to these, to these issues before, the media always draws this picture and, and they start saying things that they try to get the American people to believe, but the American people always go when they vote. Uh, and they seem to put us back when the, when the Democrat Party goes as, as rogue as they are right now. We're seeing, <coughs> we, we did see a bump, talking numbers here. Pay attention, don't pay attention to the Republican vote and the Democrat vote, really. And uh, you got to pay attention to the independent vote. So Republicans are Republicans. They know where they're at. Democrats are Democrats. They know where they're at. By the way, I don't really know any Republicans voting for Democrats, but I do know some long-term Democrats that are voting for Republicans. Uh, sure. And I would say all of us can say, yeah, that's accurate. When when they pass the, the reconciliation, reconciliation package, there was a huge bump. They saw a spike in, in, in their numbers. And what we saw was the independents who we haven't had the independence since Ross Pro. In fact, we've only averaged roughly 27% nationally speaking of independent votes since Ross Pro was on the ticket. And Ross Pro was the reason why we ended up with the Hillary's in office to begin with, with Bill Clinton beating um, uh, Bush. And, uh, and since then, the independence has stayed with the Democrats. Um, what we saw in this election is that the Democrat, that the independents now are, were tracking with Republicans by a 53, 54% margin, meaning that they said they were, they were uh, going to vote for Republican over a Democrat. And over 70% were saying that they're more likely to vote for a Republican over a Democrat. Well, after reconciliation, we saw that number actually tighten a little bit. We saw that we saw them that they get a bump. Uh, then you saw the production that rolled out of uh, of Biden trying to unite the country. Um, you saw the FBI handling. You saw that number start coming down a little bit. Uh, now the numbers are back almost to where they were at. So we're still not by a 53. We're at, we're at 50, so we're dead even with independence. Just think about that, though. If we're dead even with independence, that's a 33% bump for us. Right, compared so, to where you were. Yeah, compared to where we have ever been, been through So we're going to win back the House by twenty by by thirty five plus seats. We will we will pick up at least thirty five seats. I'm telling you right now in the House, in the Senate. Um, I believe Dr. Oz holds on. Uh, Fetterman is starting to flutter out a little bit. Um, they're starting to expose him. Even their own Democrat Party is concerned. And what the biggest concern is is that he gets in office if he does win. And then he can't hold it. And then they don't have a vote. And the, and the Democrat governor ends up appointing their own, uh, uh, their own, uh, his own senator to fulfill the term, which could be six years. So I believe Dr. O, uh, Dr. Oz wins that seat. So we hold Pennsylvania. Um, Herschel Walker is going to win. We're going to win down there. Uh, and I don't know the margins, but we're going to win. I believe um, Adam Laxalt and, and Nevada will win. That'll put us at 52 seats. So even if we were to lose Fetterman, uh, lose Fetterman, Dr. Oz was to lose that seat, and we'll still be at 51. 
But then you got to start thinking about we just I just talked about the in, the independent bump up. So what are the biggest states that had the most independents in it? Vermont, New Hampshire, Colorado, um, uh, Arizona, and Washington State. They have the most concentrated independents on there. So we're competing in Vermont and Arizona. I think there's a good chance we could pick up one of those seats. And the night of the election, what I would encourage everybody to do is pay attention to those two seats or those two states, because they'll be some of the first ones to report. If we end up winning one of those seats, we're going to end up picking up 54 plus seats in this. Uh, I say 54. We're going to win by 54 seats. So we're going to pick up five or six seats. Because if we win one of those seats, that means we're going to hold on to Wisconsin. We're going to hold on to Pennsylvania. We're going to win Georgia. We're going to win Arizona. And we're going to win Nevada. Uh, and then we could possibly win Colorado, which I think O'Day is doing a great job in Colorado. And so I think there's a good opportunity to win Colorado because Colorado is just a D plus six seat. Mm-hmm. With the numbers of independents pulling the way they are, they put everything that's a D10. And what I mean by D is it's a Democrat plus the margin. Like Republican is a Republican, which we call an R plus 27 seat. Democrat, uh, Colorado is a D plus six. So anything below a D plus 10 with the independents moving the way they are towards us puts it at play, which is why I think we could pick up Colorado. And that means Washington. I think Washington is a far stretch. um, And I believe Nevada or New Hampshire and and, uh, and Vermont could be a far stretch. But if we're close, if we're competitive in those seats, then we're still going to win Wisconsin. We're still going to win Pennsylvania. And we're going to flip uh, Georgia and, uh, and Nevada, and that'll put us at 52 and possibly win Arizona. So we're going to win. I'm very confident we're going to win both chambers. Well, I appreciate that breakdown. Obviously, it's going to be very interesting to see how things go, and because you're even seeing Fetterman's team is saying, yeah, we'll debate, but then they won't set a date, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. That may help or hurt. We, we don't really know, but I know you got other stuff you got to get onto today, and we're going to have you back on next month before the election sure. to go through all this stuff. We'll, we'll hit some other topics aside from these, but that's all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, no. And, and keep in mind, everything I repeated was what today's political atmosphere looks like. When we talk again before the election, it could all change because 24 hours in the, in the political world is a whole lifetime. Four weeks, it's forever. Right. And I mean, I, I feel almost bad. Like I'm going to be releasing this in two days and I'm like, gosh, what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> I know something's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to look like a bunch of idiots because we didn't talk about it. So guys, if you're listening to this on time, the day it was released, we recorded it two days ago. You'll be fine. But Mark Wade Mullen, thank you for coming back on a Daunted Life of Man's podcast. Thanks, Kyle. See you. Bye. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my time with Mark Wayne Mullen. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. At Undaunted Life, our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So I've got two links for you today. I've got a link to his first appearance on the show. That's episode 340. But also a link to his webpage where you can look at all the different things about his platforms and everything. It's Mark Wayne for Senate. So it's MullenForAmerica.com. You can check both those out in the show notes. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show. We do appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. Again, that's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary anniversary re-recording of their album leveler the links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah